0: Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage.
1: Scotty Sattler, welcome to Off The Bench. How are you, mates? I'm very well, very
2: well. What a big week. What a huge week. Another big week in rugby league, especially. And we're starting to see a few more sports that are starting to drip feed back into uh, activation. But the big news throughout the week, of course, was the decision around the one referee. That's, well, it's dissected a lot of the rugby league community. The, yeah. Some of the players don't want it. The coaches don't want it. Almost the coaches don't want it. But the fans do want it. Mm. So we've got to decide
1: what's more important. It's really interesting because um, we're, we're not playing any games. Mm. No teams are being picked. No players are getting injured. But every week we go, what a week in rugby league. It's just – and journos have settled down a little bit this week. Well,
2: they've really got nothing to – To blow up?
1: To blow up about, yeah. Oh, Nathan Cleary, except for him now, may have lied to us twice. Well, he's
2: giving everyone the opportunity to talk about him. (laughs) Isn't that great? uh, In saying that, uh, what's been happening with Peter Valandis is everyone has. I've, no no one has really been critical of Peter Volandis. No. Everyone has only had total admiration for him, me included. Yeah. Um, but what he's done really well is he's just been able to slowly leak the important information as, as, it, has to, um, as it has to be communicated yep. to the rest of the community. And he's just slowly not panicked and just met with the key stakeholders he needs to meet. He's always had confidence in his ability to negotiate. So before we know it, we've got – some sort of schedule that's on the horizon. We've got a broadcast deal that's apparently been verbally agreed to. Yep. And we've got a new rule change um, that has not impressed everybody, but I think will be a great move forward for the game.
1: Right, yeah. And, and just moving forward, we've got uh, less than two weeks to get all our Renaults done at home. And Renault with the pros, Beaumont Tiles, here to help. Like the way I did that. Do so you like the way I transitioned from that into yes. Renaults? Can I tell
2: you something? What over COVID, I have done so many renovations at my house that I put it on the market
1: Thursday. Which which what number is this? One or eight? So you got one through to eight. Which house number? Six. Six. Right. No, okay. This is my only house. I've did so many renovations.
2: I thought, yeah, this looks great. This house. I wonder Why if anyone it? else would look at like it. So I put it on the market Thursday. Had eight inquiries in twelve hours. It's too cheap. Too cheap.
1: Do you reckon? Yeah. That's right, mate. It's too cheap.
2: Dang, I can't Change go back. Change the
1: price. <laughs> Our mates at Beaumont Tiles have come on board, and we're going to give away two bathroom makeovers valued at ten grand each. All you have to do is head to ICanWin.com.au, upload a pic of your ugly bathroom that needs a makeover, and tell us what your Beaumont style is. That's really good. My wife's addicted to that part of the Beaumont's website. You just go on there, and it puts up a mood board. I think it's called a mood board. <laughs> a mood board. It, it, and it just tells you what goes with what and I go right that looks great. Like
2: so if your wife picks all red
1: for her mood board
2: does that mean she's just really cranky at that any given No that's time? black. That's black. That's black. <laughs> Choose
1: Bay Monster here to help. Get your anno done their stores are now open. All right, we've talked a little bit about the uh, the news from the week. Let's get into it.
0: Time on off the bench to look back on the news of the week.
1: Yeah, let's do this. Um Bryce Cartwrights. Mm. Unbelievable. Got a letter from a doctor declaring he was unfit for a flu who jab. Who is that
2: doctor? I want that doctor's name. It's Dr.
1: Seuss. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if he signed the letter Dr. Seuss. So what I'm getting from this, that there yep. must be a doctor in southeast Queensland, I'm presuming, yeah. that has, who, who's against the flu jab. Or it might Ju- be
2: a doctor from Penrith that, he, that has a little, little bit more of his yep. uh, history about
1: him. Yeah. Oh, Let me ask you this question. What sort of doctor would you like to go to during a pandemic that is against a flu shot <laughs> during COVID? Now, well, he's, pract- no, he's saying Bryce has
2: had, uh, for medical reasons, has had some sort of reaction in the past to it that stops him from getting it, moving it forward. But
1: can I ask you another question? Yep. Why wasn't this raised before? And secondly, I thought it's he was a big, against, or, it's thought a very, against flu shots. It, when was this flu shot? No, he hasn't had the flu shot. Well, what vaccination had he had before that made him? Well, sit- no,
2: no, he's only become pro-choice, anti-vac. No, no, only recently. Yeah, since but the when has his it, children?
1: When has he had a bad? Uh, well, he
2: might have injection. had it before he had children, and before he's taken on this new belief of being an anti, anti, against anti-vac, against vaccines. So he may have had it before that he would met his current partner, who seems to be making a lot of decisions in his life. Oh,
1: she's blowing up on social media again, and.
2: Um, and since he's had children, he obviously has a different belief, but he's obviously had an experience from all reports, seeing that um, he's had a medical certificate that states that, that he's now able to get an exemption to train uh, and play. And you make a really good point, Jace. You make a great point where this was never part of the argument before. Now, we shouldn't be questioning the credibility of a of a qualified doctor, physician, who has, no, who right. has given, him a, given him a medical certificate, but we can argue the point that, this wasn't brought up in the in the previous discussions about why he doesn't want to have a, the the vaccine.
0: Yeah,
1: and look, I, I don't. I if that's the case and that's an honest, you know, um, solution, then that's fine, mate. You should have just said that in the first place. The thing is, Brian Kelly nearly sat out the season with you because you said for another reason. Um, I remember one of the other players as well, Pete's. Mm. He came out and said, "I had an injection in 2012, and had I a got bad a, reaction. had a really bad reaction to it. Um, that's why I've been thinking about not taking it. No other choice. All my kids have been vaccinated. We've been vaccinated. That's an honest thing. You go well, fair enough, mate. I don't actually don't blame you. But, okay? then and, but then he went and had it. But then he went and had it. But he he didn't have to have it by the looks of things either. So I kind of feel sorry for those players who've been influenced by the brass cart, Bryce Cartwrights of the world." Mm where you've got a legitimate reason to go well, pizza be sitting there going "Geez, i, I didn't know i didn't have to have it i yeah. didn't have to well, there's have a a
2: genuine reason there's a difference between a reaction Well, you got sick well there's a reaction and also for medical grounds now the reaction could be a very a very minimal reaction which you might break out in a rash, whatever it may be, or you might actually you, you know yeah, sometimes some people, you get the cold from it you do two or three days after, yeah. and that's just you building up the antibodies in your in your, in your Absolutely. system. So, yeah, you know, the difference between a reaction and a medical a medical reason. So you know, we'll never know what the medical reason is because it's confidential. But well, in saying is it
1: that- is it? Doesn't he have to disclose any medical issues mm. to the club? No, Why the cl- is that no, different Why no, is no, that the, different
2: to a Okay, let's the say. The club gets- would the club would be aware of the medical condition yep.
1: now. Right. But it, they the don't have would. to they don't have to disclose it to the public. Okay, so let's say that the Titans don't re sign Cartwright come the end of season. Yep. Fingers crossed. Uh, And another club. A lot of
2: fans. Gold Coast fans are blowing up.
1: And another club. So he's got to go and try. and Let's say that happens and he has to go look for another club. Then the Titans have to share that information with another club. It's going to become public.
2: Yeah, it may be. It may be. It it should be. If
1: I'm signing a player, I want their full medical records. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, well, no, it gets passed on. But your full medical records, most importantly to rugby league clubs, is your... Um, the medical records that are surrounding uh, pre-existing injuries, surgeries that you've had that affect you from playing.
1: This is a pre-existing medical issue because he's got an exemption from the state's and this is, chief medical And this officer. is a
2: really, again, I, I keep using the same phrase, it's unique times that moving forward, if you went to another club... This would not need to be disclosed because it's really never been a concern or a problem but because we've got this pandemic it is a, a huge concern if, if it comes to recruiting a,
1: a player for your club uh, one refs uh, and the new rules one refs one ref sorry and the new <laughs> rules I, I just we're going to talk about more about this shortly in our in our hot topic uh, but you and I are all for this
2: yeah I love it I love the idea of it yeah there's going to be some there's going to be some growing pains again from it Uh, But our game was very successful for 100 years under one referee. Now, admittedly, there was the wrestling that was involved that was introduced into the game throughout the 2000s got to the point where the game became really boring and stagnant. I think today the game is too predictable. I don't think it's revolved around the ruck and the slowing down of the ruck. I think our game has become just far too predictable. In what way, mate? Well, when teams are... When teams are attacking, very, very rarely do you have a team that will attack from inside their own half.
1: Right.
2: Like the Tigers used to do in 2005. Like the Panthers used to do in 2003. You'd, you'd score tries from 80, 90 metres out. Mm. Like those very good Roosters sides used to do. They used to chance their hand. Like the
1: Warriors every third week. Yeah.
2: Now it's it's all about percentages, yeah. percentages, you get high percentages.
1: Get to the corners. Yeah,
2: yeah, and a lot of the time that wins your games. Most yeah. of the time that does win your games. But with the new, with the one ref – it's going to open the game up and we're going to be exposed to a lot more creativity, players thinking on their feet, fatigue being introduced. We'll talk about a lot more in the hot topic, but I actually, I actually love what's going to happen. I think it's going to have a reverse effect when it comes to the wrestle. Will
1: will a video ref play a bigger role? Absolutely, yeah. Which it, I don't want to happen. I don't want delays. Isn't the idea to fasten the game up and bring in the fatigue and then yeah, all of but, a sudden you have the video ref stepping in all the yeah, time? Yeah,
2: but I'll give you a reason why I think having a referee in the bunker that just focuses on the ruck, why I think it will work.
1: Hmm. Radio, okay, Okay. Um, Ricky uh, has sprayed the other coaches and players and Good said, just him. get on with it. Absolutely. Just get on with it.
2: Well, he, he makes a point. He says, you know, we've got these committees where we've got current players, ex-players and coaches on the committees making the decisions. and It, it can't work because they are all got their own agendas. One coach isn't going to agree with the other coach. They're all going to try and – make a decision based on the game that that suits their coaching philosophies and their coaching style so it's not going to work um, you've got co- you got former players that are attached still attached to some of those clubs uh, recently retired Cooper Cronks involved in that that committee and yeah he would have a strong attachment to his last club the roosters and Trent Robinson's on that as well now I'm not questioning their credibility but what I'm saying is that if we're going to involve people that to make decisions based on the game, there's going to be an agenda that's that's going to be try to be fulfilled. Now, Ricky Stewart's coming out and saying, hey, listen, get over it, guys. We need the game to move forward. And making these changes can allow the game to move forward. Peter Volandes, he's he's standing out there sticking his chest out, sticking his chin out as well, waiting for it to get whacked. Mm. But he's doing it for the good of the game. We need to all support what's happening. Just adapt. We've got cost-cutting. It's not the perfect world. We've got referees that have got to be affected from a financial point of view and a, and a redundancy point of view like every other industry in the country. Why can't we just accept that and adapt to the the new rules that have been put in place for what is the good of the game? So it's, it's quite simple when you, when you lay it out the way that Ricky has.
1: Yeah, no, it was very well done by Ricky. Um, Graham. honestly, uh, we spoke to him on Sports Day yesterday, last night. Um, he had a few things to say. Um, he 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 mentioned the refs and the ruck, and he said, "Look, we had problems with one ref, and we've had more problems. Fair to say, more problems with two refs. Yeah. So having the one ref is probably not a, not an issue. Um, he did say, however, the refs get just getting back to the rest for one sec. Uh, they are going to Fair Work.
3: Well, they've uh, they've indicated by way of media release that they're taking uh, action through Fair Work Australia. Uh, they've initiated that." Um, there's a process that we have to follow now and we'll deal with that with them. And uh, uh, But, uh, you know, it's it's not in any way, shape or form going to prevent the resumption of the competition in two weeks.
1: Two things that come out of that for yep. me. One was that they received a media release from the referees. Instead yep. of the referees talking to them directly, I thought, a bit different. You're talking about the NRL didn't talk... The, 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 or, or the, refer- the NRL received a media release from the referees well i think
2: the re- the referees from their from their argument is well, we're going to treat you the way you treated us you didn't tell us that there was going to be a a significant change to the to the current process around refereeing. it was
1: raised about a week ago yeah
2: so they they're led to believe their association like the rugby league players association their officials association has said listen th- we weren't in discussion with about this the significant changes one referee which meant it was going to affect a lot of other referees who aren't full time mm. full time referees aren't going to lose their position lose their jobs but they are going to be pushed into touch judges yep. playing other roles yep, yep. in the bunker whatever it may be so they say we it wasn't discussed with us. So I, I, I'm just thinking out aloud here. Maybe their approach is we're going to treat you the way you treated us. Going to fair work and... Doesn't go, resolve it. Oh, go to no, fair work.
1: Go to fair work. That's, everyone's entitled to that. But a media release, just go and see them. Go and have a chat to them. Um, the other thing I was going to say was that it won't stop the season starting on May 28th. No, that's, in,
2: that's, that's going to be a good part of it, I think, because if the referees are willing to strike and... Which will put a real barrier up against May twenty eighth having officials that'll be available. I'm thinking there are a lot of potential referees that have always been Plenty. sitting on the second tier, and I know I can I know three or four of them right now that would put their hand up and say, you know what, guys, if you've got your battle to fight over yep. there, I appreciate it, but this is my opportunity.
1: They're not all in the union though either are they the refs?
2: Well, I don't know. I don't I think know. they are. Yeah, once upon a time there was a in rugby league especially, Jace, there was a very fractured sort of relationship between players and the players association. Uh, I remember back in 2003 we were about to play the Broncos in a in the first week of the the uh preliminary finals. We were first star eighth. and the players association came to every club, but most notably us who were playing in the finals that first week and said Okay, we're going to make a stand, and I've I've never been a huge union man. Yeah, I've just always thought, listen, let's just get on with the job. We can sort it out. Yeah, we can sort it out in yep. the end. I'll put my faith in the governing body, yep. and um, and I remember the representative coming and saying, "Listen, what we're going to do? We're going to make a stand here. It's all about pays." That year, the Dalie M was boycotted, and then the NRL just cancelled it, so there was no Dalie M medal winner for that year. It ended up being Craig Gow, but he's still never been presented with yeah, that really. award. Yeah, and. Leading to that first final, the Players Association wanted both teams, the Broncos and the Panthers, to run out 15 minutes later on a Channel 9 game, which basically put all the broadcasting just... they would have bumped the news back. ...into confusion. Yep. Yep. So yep. everyone was standing there, well, 90% were standing there, United, going, yes, let's all stand United. But then as soon as the option was thrown up that we're going to run out 15 minutes late for a semi-final... Everyone all of a sudden dropped their hands and sat down and said, no, I'm not willing to do that. Yeah, wow. So today it's changed a lot. You know, pretty much you'd think a majority would be involved in the unions, or some sort of association. Yeah, don't know what it's like with the officials. I didn't even realise they had a, an officials' association.
1: Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, until that'd be a fun meeting, last week it? and a half. Be a it would be
2: a gathering of nerds. Or by video <laughs> conference.
1: It'd be, oh, wouldn't it be great? Run pens in their top pockets and little notebooks. Um, Graham Ennisley, well, who used to be a nerd, uh, who is the head of football. He was a very good referee. Oh, yeah. He was one of the best. Good operator, too. And a great administrator at the Gold mm. Coast Titans, too, yep. I, I must say. Uh, he also said there will be an initial use of limited grounds while there are no crowds.
3: Yeah, I think initially uh, uh, the because of the again the situation with no crowds, uh, there are going to be some requirements around biosecurity controls and and. Uh, Uh, broadcaster requirements and various other things that we'll probably see us playing out of a a smaller number of venues initially. Um, You know, clearly with uh, no fans in in the venue, we've got the opportunity to do that. Uh, So uh, we'll have to wait and see how that unfolds over the next few days uh, with the completion, hopefully, of the broadcast agreements and uh, the full release of the draw.
2: I loved how transparent he was in our interview. Mm. Um, He disclosed a lot of information. I think that fans and us in the media have sort of been trying to debate are they going to play at smaller grounds are they going to play at big grounds we don't know well Graham Andersley just there's, there's no hiding from the fact that they've got some major hurdles they've got to jump still when it comes to the draw and where they're going to play those and he's really open and transparent
1: with his answers a few things about that um looks like they'll have a broadcast agreement in the next few days well for more reports it's been agreed upon it's just yeah it's just in writing finalizing
2: the agreement signatures the draw
1: will quickly follow and we believe it'll be for the first three or four weeks yep
2: and Uh, you're going to get your tv ads straight away to advertise the competition which you're missing
1: well (laughs) we don't know when it's on mate that's that's anyway let's not go down that path again um which is really, really significant. I think that's good. And we were talking yesterday off the air. What, what stadiums? I, I reckon, this is what I reckon. Let's see what you think. I think Leichhardt Oval yep. will be one of the stadiums that will be used. I think uh, Bank West definitely.
2: Yes. Still looks good on TV. Yeah, Even yeah. if it's empty.
1: Um, I also think maybe, well, we talked about maybe Penrith Park being used yep. as well as a stadium. And oh, you might Campbelltown, have, I don't think so. No, no, I I wouldn't want to go out there during a pandemic. Um I'm joking. a <laughs> lovely oh. part of the world. No, mate. Well, no, I would. I don't think they need to. I don't think it's really set up for great television vision. Well, it's, I it's, think they'll have to play at ANZ. It's at, boutique
2: grounds. But some of the some of the clubs that are paid by ANZ Stadium will have to play to that. take games at South Bulldogs, West Tigers. They have to go and play there because it's worth so much money to their bottom line. Now, not knowing what their agreements are currently in this in these these times, I would still think the ANZ Stadium need product on their ground because it comes down to commercial advertising as well. It gives the ability for ANZ Stadium to be current.
1: Yes, but ANZ Stadium empty doesn't look good.
2: And 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 but it doesn't matter. We, we, We watch. South Sydney versus the Gold Coast Titans in front of 8,000 people in an 80,000-seat yeah, yeah, yeah. stadium. And it's yeah, empty anyway. Yeah. So why is it any different? Yeah,
1: yeah. but the other one um, it was Newcastle because yep. you've got the Warriors and the Knights. So I reckon probably the four stadiums. And ANZ, if they have to, contract. Is your dog all right, mate? You brought your dog in today. Frank the Tank. Frank makes a lot more sense than us, by the way, <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, 30 seconds, the greatest locks poll ever. Yes. On, on NRL.com, mate, you didn't make the top 10. I think I was
2: number 64. But in saying, Behind Bryce Cartwright, I know. <laughs> but that. in saying that, uh, really interesting. Last 30 years, greatest lock. Jason Taumalolo ahead of Bradley Clyde. I can't believe that. Yeah. Third was Corey Parker ahead of Sam Burgess.
1: It's the same reason why um, – uh, who was it from Parramatta? Um, Nathan Hindmarsh. Hindy won the poll ahead of – Gordy Tallis, was it? Yeah, something like that because he's he's current. Yeah. He's in your face all the time. All right, more off the bench Uh, to come. Apart from that, he's a very good player. Oh, (laughs) Hindy. Yeah, he's a very good player. Better than Gordy Tallis. No, he's not. You're an idiot.
2: No, I don't think he's better than Gordy. but to play over 300 first-grade games, you know what? It
1: means he can play the game pretty well. How many tackles in that? Right, legitimate tackles. I reckon he would have had an
2: average of... Thirty-nine tackles a game. Yeah,
1: but how many legitimate tackles? Not you've
2: falling got to one. commit yourself, Jason. <laughs> if You're falling on More the ground. Off you're the committing bench to yourself. Come
1: after this for the best cat equipment parts and services. Hastings Steering, your advantage. Our hot topic next. We're back.
0: This is off the bench for the best cat equipment parts and service. Hastings Steering, your advantage.
2: Hot Topic time on
1: Off The Bench. Get connected with Southern Phone. Amazing new mobile SIM deals are available now from Southern Phone. Yeah, time to get into our Hot Topic on Off The Bench. Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews here. Of course, it's the one ref policy that NRL HQ has brought in this week. Uh, Before we get your thoughts on it, Sats, um, I noticed on, uh, on Fox the other day, one of our friends of the show, Benny Iken, uh, he was asked about what he thought uh, of the, the one-ref rule and what the game would look like. And this is what Benny Eiken had to say.
3: I have absolutely no idea what the <laughs> game is going to look like under one referee and six to go instead of penalties at the ruck. And anyone who tells you they do is lying. <laughs> it's
1: good point. Very good point. But, Sats, why is it going to work, mate?
2: It'll work – well, it's got to work because, first and foremost, we've got to keep remembering that it's an expenditure reason as well. They've got to cut costs across all formats of the game. So let's park that aside for now. The reason why I think it'll work is because, well, like I said to, alluded to earlier, and I think the game has become really predictable when you you get into those different parts of the field from the halfway in, most importantly, where you want to see try-scored, you want to see some creativity – You want to see players move the ball. You want to see the the players have got some speed, the real athletes coming into the game. And unfortunately, because the game has been so focused around getting as many people into the tackle to slow the game down, a lot of those Scott Princes and and Benji Marshalls in his heyday, um, a lot of those players have been taken out of the game. The guys that had really good creativity, Preston Campbells. So what this will do, it will force the players to be more focused around um, around not giving away a penalty in the ruck. What it will do, it'll force players to not give penalties away in the ruck. And a lot of people are going to say, listen, it's going to give the opportunity for teams to now wrestle and slow the ruck down even more. Well, no, because there's going to be one person in the bunker that's going to focus on the ruck. And if a penalty is given away, six again call, which I love the six again call, and on the run, it's going to create fatigue amongst the big players. And then all of a sudden you're, you may have to you may have to defend two or three sets, right. and if you continue to give repeated infringements around the ruck, they're going to sin bin you. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're playing with twelve men. So the mindset of a sports person or a rugby league player is, I don't want to be the one that continually gives away one six again tackles sets of six. Two, I don't want to be sin bin and leave my leave my team behind. So, I think it's going to have a reverse effect. What's been happening now? I think it's going to be a 180. I think players are going to realise they've got to get off the ruck quicker. Because if they're not, they've got this, they've got this guy in the sky that's going to call a six again recount for us. Because what happens, Jason, if you go back and listen to this, if you go back and watch some footage from last year, for example, you you've got a designated player that's in the tackle, and some teams look at the pocket referee. Like Cameron Smith. They look at the pocket referee and the pocket referee looks at them and they, yeah. they sort of communicate through yeah. the How eyes. How long have I got? How long yeah, have I got? Okay, to... I'll get off now and they yeah. drag other people off. won't have that anymore. You've got this guy in the sky that's going to make the call. All of a sudden, you're going to say to yourself, oh, Jesus, I've just created another set of
1: six. So is there like a time limit, do you think, that the guy in the sky, as you put it, will put on this?
2: Yeah, and the the referees have got a feel for it anyway because they've been doing it for so long. They've got a feel for how long is too long. If you're holding the player in a chicken wing, if there's a grapple tackle around the neck or if there's something that's happening in the tackle that is going to force another set of six, I love it. It's going to create an opportunity for players to have more vision. It's also going to um, create less penalties, so stoppages, which is one of the biggest yep. complaints. Most importantly, they won't have to reduce the interchange. This is a way
1: to fatigue yeah, sure, players sure. by
2: not reducing the interchange.
1: Jesus, can we help those speedy uh, dummy halves, isn't it? Damien like, cook,
2: cook will have an absolute off. ball. Absolute ball through this. <laughs> He's going to love this. Yeah,
1: Absolutely love this. All right, mate. It's really good to hear that. That's a really good argument you've just put forward. Hey, listen, during the week... Uh, on Sports Day, uh, we had the chance to talk to a very inspiring athlete. Her name is Lauren Parker. Uh, she's a Paralympian, and she's uh, getting ready for the uh, Beijing uh, – sorry, the Tokyo Olympics in 2021. Um, she was uh, an able-bodied triathlete.
2: Second in the Hawaiian Kona triathlon. Ironman, to- as she says. 2017 too, yeah. in her age group. Her, Unbelievable.
1: And all of a sudden, she had a freakish accident, and – uh, it, this is a very inspiring chat that you and you and Badge had with her. Have a listen to this on off the bench.
2: I want to talk uh, about your your triathlon career before the accident, most notably two thousand and fifteen, the Hawaiian triathlon. But on the accident, Lauren, just tell the listeners who don't know much about um, your your history. Describe what happened that now sees you as a as a paraplegic. Yeah, so in two thousand and fifteen, I raced the Ironman World Championships
4: which is um, the biggest race in in the world for Ironman. And Ironman consists of a 3.8-kilometre swim, a 180-kilometre bike ride, and a 42-kilometre marathon run. And I got second in the world at at Kona. And um, from there, I turned professional as an Ironman athlete. And in 2017, I was training for Ironman Australia in Port Macquarie. And I had the best preparation I'd ever had because I, in, in, over my time as a triathlete, I'd, i have I've had many injuries which, uh, set me back quite a lot of the time. But in 2017, I just had the most perfect preparation. I was feeling great. And two weeks out from my, my, my race, I had a bike accident on my last training ride before tapering down into the race and I had two minutes to go and both my tyres burst and I went flying into a guardrail at 45 kilometres an hour and I sustained many injuries, broken shoulder, broken ribs, punctured lungs, uh, broken pelvis and broken back and all that can be repairable apart from one injury and that was um, the spinal cord and I, I cut my spinal cord when I hit the guardrail which left me instantly paralyzed from the waist down. And, um, you know, it it changed my life in in a split second. And, yeah, uh, obviously it was, uh, you know, the worst news I I could ever get. Um, That same day I was rushed into surgery and I was told that I had 0 to 1% chance of ever walking again. And, And, you know, at that point I thought, I had nothing to live for. Um, But, you know, again, with the amazing support I had around me, I was able to um, push on through and and learn how to live my life in a wheelchair, basically.
2: You talk about... yeah, I'd
4: come from... Sorry.
2: No, you go. Sorry. You go, Laura.
4: So I'd come from an, an elite triathlete training. You know, I used to train 40 hours a week. Now becoming a paraplegic and I thought that you know my whole sporting career was over but with the opportunities that exist now um, in the world I was able to get back to the sport that I loved
2: now I mean I, I think hearing that story will inspire every person that's, that's hearing this interview and especially me as well but you there would have been times Lauren where you, you sat there and you thought why me but and badge just spoke about it you're in hospital for six months but when did you actually flick the switch and talk to those people that are around you that says, I'm going to fo- now focus on something that I can compete in. How long did that take?
4: Um, it, I was in hospital, like in in the hospital for three months and then rehab hospital for three months and it wasn't until probably when I got to rehab that I really thought well there's no um, locking myself away in a room and not doing anything else with my life. I thought, you know, you can't, nothing can change, all I think there is be positive and move forward with what I've got and that's, that's what I chose and it really started when I got in the pool for the first time at rehab and I thought I was going to get in there and be able to swim it's, I grew up as an elite swimmer I, I, I spent swim the Olympic trials at age 14 and um, so I trained many years to be a fast I so I thought I'd get in and be able to swim but unfortunately I just sunk because my legs just sunk to the floor and that was a life-changing day because I I had two choices. One was to go back to my room and never try again or to stay in the pool and and never give up, and that's what I chose. And I ended up, by the end of that session, being able to swim a few laps, and that's where it all changed for me. Um, I I got back into para-triathlon because I chose never to give up, and... Uh, I was invited over to the Chinese Foundation Foundation Triathlon Weekend in San Diego. And that's where I got the inspiration for triathlon back again also because I, there were so many people like me that had serious accidents that were, that were competing right in front of my eyes in, in triathlon with smiles on their faces. And that's where I, I thought, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. So I came back to Australia and... and bought the pieces of equipment that I needed
2: to, um, yeah, start back. You mentioned the word inspiration, and your story is inspirational. Here's where it becomes incredible. Three months training as you're heading into the uh, the next year, 2018, and you get a bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games. Is that right? Yeah, that was really
4: cool. Wow. I mean, I've been training for... I think a month before my first para triathlon and in my first race, I qualified for the Commonwealth Games. And in eleven months after my accident, I competed at the Commonwealth Games, getting a bronze medal. And you know that was a surreal time because I never would have thought that you know I'd be competing for my for my country um, so soon after my accident.
2: Gee, and 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 you yeah. have um, you have had even even higher success at the the World Triathlon. Oh no are there games I saw it's the grand final in Law Lausanne that you won the gold medal
3: was that last year
4: But yes that was last year in September I raced at the world championships and got that gold medal and you know that's what I'd been training hard for for you know since since the Commonwealth games I really wanted to become world champion and I reached my goal and you know crossing the finish line Gee. in first Place. It really brought back memories of what I'd been through and the struggles I'd been through to get there, and how much hard work that I, I, I'd put in. I mean, I had I've had five spinal cord operations in in three years, and you know I'd been I'd train and get get fit and prepare, and then I, I'd have another setback and I'd have to go into surgery. So it was the Jeez. World Championships last year that you know I really got to show you know, myself, what I, what I could do. So that oh. was, yeah, that was one, one of the highest, happiest points since my accident.
2: Now, the next goal, Lauren, would it be a silly question to say, the, Im- the image of yourself winning a gold medal in Tokyo in 2021?
4: Definitely. That is what I'm preparing for right now. And that is my number one goal to get that gold medal and um yeah I, I i'm training hard um to reach that goal and i'll put everything into it you know to get there so um i'm, I'm really looking forward to the journey over the next um you know year and a half and yeah i um, i mean i was ready for the Tokyo 2020, but now it'll be 2021. I want anything stronger and fitter and
0: faster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're listening to Off The Bench. For the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Tearing, your advantage.
1: This is Off The Bench, amazing new mobile SIM deals from Southern Phone. We're back.
0: This is off the bench for the best cat equipment parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage. Who gets a mention in our off the bench performance of the week?
1: All right, Sats, uh, you've got Sats and Jason Matthews here today. Who gets your performance of the week, mate? Uh, Bryce Cartwright for convincing everyone that is <laughs> it is now on medical grounds that he's allowed
2: to play in the NRL. Um, well played, Bryce, well played, I'll have to say that. Why didn't you think of that soon? And our mate Ricky Stewart for his spray at the selfish coaches in the NRL who are not all on board in relation to the the two referees being cut down to one and the six again I think they're a little bit more perturbed about the six again, as opposed to the the one referee. Yeah. All mm.
1: right. Well, would they want a penalty instead, or?
2: But the, well, yes, because a lot of coaches Didn't they have to, have to agree, redefine though. themselves again. Coaches now, because you've got to be able to coach on the run, as opposed to from
1: set positions. Mate, there'll be a, there'll be a rock and roll wrestling league starting up soon, because wrestling coaches <laughs> will need a job. <laughs> My performance of the week: the NRL for just pushing through. Yep. Every week, mate, stuff just keeps getting thrown at them, and they just keep going. May twenty eighth, it's going to happen. And what about the 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 new broadcast deal? We're hearing that that's been extended to two thousand and twenty seven. Yeah, you know, and he may, the NRL may cop a loss of about fifty to seventy million. When last night you're looking at the AFL just for this year copping a loss of over $100 million from he, the broadcasters.
2: He's done a great job, Peter Valandis. and from all reports there are some clauses in that new agreement that uh, if the game and its revenue increases, well, there's the ability to go back and, and discuss um, ongoing
1: broadcast rights as well. What well, up, Peter Valandis, and everyone at NRL HQ. This is Off The Bench.
0: You're listening to Off The Bench. For the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage. We're back. This is Off The Bench for the best cat equipment, parts and service. Hastings Steering, your advantage.
1: Welcome back to Off The Bench. Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews and Frank the Tank the Dog uh, in the studio today. Uh, Off the record time, thanks to Choices Flooring Floors for Living Sale on now. Mates, uh, what's your off the record around the NRL this week?
2: Off the record, I'm hearing a a well-known former Premiership winning forward, will return to the NRL in the coming week or two weeks. Scott Sattler. Not correct. Too old. How, too how, old long ago, how long ago
1: did they play? And have they been playing in England?
2: They've been playing in England, yes. And they have played for a very well-known club previously. Did they play for the Sharkies? No. The a, oh. player didn't play for the Sharkies. Premiership His winning.
1: So what have been the last few years? Premiership winning forward. In the last few years. Mm. Oh, Damn, you're saying
2: the last few years?
1: Oh, it wouldn't be 10, 15 years ago. No, it's not 10 or 15 years ago. Last five years? He's, he's in his early 30s. So, watch his space. All righty. Mm. And leaving England and coming back. And who would they might be playing for? Where would well, this club be based? New South Wales. New Victoria. South Wales. Okay. Mm. All right, very interesting. There you have it. Let's see how that one goes this week. Choices flooring, floors for living sailors on now. Enjoy big savings on carpet, hard flooring, blinds, and also you can get your rugs from them.
0: Before we go on off the bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports?
1: Now, last weekend you were excited about finishing Ozark. I You've did. done and dusted with that, awesome. haven't you? Yeah, yeah, great show. What
2: three seasons watched? I watched it in basically two weeks. And the last scene of season three is one of the most graphic and unpredictable I've seen. (laughs) Listeners, if you haven't watched Ozark on Netflix, do yourself a favour.
1: If you don't have Netflix, just get it to watch Ozark. How good is it that us who've watched it are all going, yeah, you're right. Oh, God, it was so good. I've had friends say it was underwhelming. Nah, the first few episodes are underwhelming, but you just got to stick at it. No, they said the end scene was underwhelming. Oh, what? The end of Sopranos was underwhelming. This was very good. Do you know
2: my favourite movie of all time is Goodfellas? Yeah. And I've never watched The Sopranos. Get out. I've never watched The Sopranos. Have you
1: watched Boardwalk Empire as well? yes. And I'm a huge Spano's, James Gandolfini. Uh unbelievable mate. Do you know Joe Pesci was uh Frankie Valley's um is Frankie Valley's driver? Really? What at the moment? No oh, is. Is and he founded the four seasons with Frankie Valley. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Oscar winner. Oscar winner. Quickly, wow. what are you looking for this weekend? We've got 20 seconds. Watching the final
2: episode of Week with Warney has been amazing. Um, coming out this weekend is Liz Hurley, the relationship that he had with her. The new mattress. Um, and also um,
1: watching Badge now support one referee because Ricky oh. does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, mate, I'm looking forward to having visitors other than the mother in law. How many allowed, Randy? Five. Five, okay. five. And playing golf in groups of four in Queensland this weekend. It's not going to help my game. No. But at least I've got someone to walk through the scrubs with and, and to the other... Are you guys. allowed to be in the same cart yet? No. No, I no, okay. can't do it. Hey, this has been uh, Off the Bench. With thanks to Hastings Deering. Catch you next week.